Hilchus Gerish in the laws of divorce, Yeshim Chalon Shem Mitzvah, it incorporates two mitzvahs. Achas Mitzvah, say one positive mitzvah. The he that is, Shigarish and Magarish Besefer, that the person who divorces must do so in writing. The Achas Shem Mitzvah, let's say the other mitzvah is negative mitzvah of he, namely, Shiloyachsa and Gushas Mishnah, says one may not remarry the divorcee after she has already been married to somebody else and that marriage ends. And we will explain these two mitzvahs in the following chapters. A woman is only divorced by way of the writing method that reaches her. So, so it's not enough just to write it, they have to write it and it has to reach her. She could get this writing is called a get, which literally means a document in Aramaic. Um, and there are ten things that are the fundamentals of divorce. Without any one of them, the divorce is invalid. Or certainly problematic. These are them. Number one, a man must divorce with his consent. If you force him to, with a gun to his head to, to um, write the get and give it, and the entire time he's saying, I do not consent to this, and they force him to write it and hand it to her, it does not count. The divorce must be done by virtue of writing and no other means. The content of the writing is that he's divorcing her and removing her from his uh, domain, so to speak. The content has to be something that separates, severs the connection between them. Hey, number five, must be written for the sake of the woman being divorced. You can't just write it randomly and then use it when necessary. There should be nothing, nothing remaining that has to be done after the writing except for giving it to her. If anything else between uh, it needs to be done, uh, or uh, that would pro- that make it get problematic, uh, as we'll explain. Zion number seven, he has to give it to her. Test number eight, he has to give it to her in front of witnesses. Test number nine, he has to, he has to give it to her. Uh, as for the purpose of divorce in that context, can't just be something he, he, he hands to her without explaining what it is. Yud number 10, and the giver must be the husband or his agent who is considered like him. And the other matters besides these 10 regarding a get, the time, the date that's written there, the signature of any witnesses, case, and things like that that are not in this list of 10, which we will discuss and are normally done. Or should be done by a get. How come we say from they are rabbinic rather than biblical? Base number two. base. What is the source that these ten things are a biblical requirement? And we'll see from the psukim of where it discusses the the idea of gerishin and get in the in the chumash where these things are sourced. Shemer it says the pasuk over there describes in chumash devarim perik of dalid. Um, if a man marries a woman, and then it says if he's not uh, uh, pleased with her, it will be if she does not find favor in his eyes. Because of us, if a Christmas, he should write for a bill of a bill of divorce, a bill of separation. And he should give into her hand, and he sends her from his home. Breaking down these psukim, we find these ten, or almost all of these ten factors of Allah Aleph. If she does not find favor in his eyes, he has to divorce only with his consent. It has to be that he uh, chooses to divorce her for the reasons he sees fit. It has to do with his rutten, so to speak. Uh, and if, he, she, if she's divorced not with his, without his consent, she is not divorced. 
even though he wrote the divorce and handed it to her. Avala Isha, regarding the woman, it could be with her consent, without her consent, it's inconsequential for the validity of the divorce. That doesn't mean it's a mitzvah to divorce her or it's the right thing to do, but the, it's inconsequential in terms of a divorce being valid. Gimel, the Kosov, and the Pasuk says he should write. Malaman teaches us she's only divorced by way of a written document. Law, for her, lishma, meaning it has to be he writes to her for her sake, for this particular woman, this particular wife of his. Save Chris is a bill of separation. means the content has to be something which describes the severance between them, between him and her. There's no, no, no more of an association or a domain or jurisdiction, so to speak, over her of any kind. And if their writing is not written in that content, there's complete severance of jurisdiction between him and her, and regressions to get is invalid, as we shall explain. He gives into her hand, Malama, this part of these words of the Pasuk teach us, she's not divorced until he gives to get into her hand, or the hand of her, her uh, agent, who's Hukiyada, which is equivalent to her hand, or her domain. In other words, you have to give the get into her hand, but it's not really important what body part it is. The idea is you're giving the get to her into her domain, whether it's by her receiving it and acquiring it by the normal fashion or her uh, property, her courtyard, which acquires for, on her behalf. All that's considered like her hand, so to speak, as as we'll, we'll, we'll explain in Parakei. The shilchan, he sends her away. The content of the divorce, of the get, the writing has to be that he sends her away. Not that he is sending himself away, not, he's, not that he's removing himself from the marriage, he's removing her from the marriage. Dalit. Ketzad, for example, this last fact that Ramam now will explain about the sending. He writes to her, you are sent away. You are divorced. You are now independent. You are permitted to marry any man. Or anything else of that content. She is divorced. The gufa shall get the uh, essence of the get, if you will. Is the words. Is you are, be, uh, you are uh, behold, permitted to any other man. Alvin Kosov, how he writes, I am not your husband, so he's removing himself from the equation. Any Arusich, I'm not your uh, um, betrother. Any Ishech, I'm not your man. How is a get? So Bailech and Ishech are, are similar. Either I'm not your man, I'm not your husband. Ain't a get that's not considered a get. It's invalid. Shemar says for he sends her away. not send himself away. to his wife. you are a free woman. And again, it's not a good legitimate divorce because that terminology is more appropriate for freeing a slave from servitude and ownership, and this is not the appropriate context of that terminology. So even though she sort of seek free in, in terms of the English language, free to marry whoever she chooses, but Basheran is not not not, uh, not an appropriate context over here. She was never a slave to turn her into a Basheran now, and therefore that would not be valid. Hey, number five. said it says in the Pasuk, moving back to the list of ten things. In the Torah, he sends her from his home. That does not mean that divorce is not finalized until she leaves his home. Once the divorce reaches her hands, or any other legitimate way of acquiring the bill of divorce, the divorce is finalized, even though she's still in his house, as we shall explain. does not say to send her away. It's that if he divorces her, the fact is he sends her out. 
besides, well, apparently besides for teaching us the con the message of what the language of a get has to entail, the Amam adds something else over here, that if he does divorce her and all the, the, the procedure is done completely fine, but the procedure is done in his home, um, but he doesn't send her out of his house. She stay after that. She stays in as a, a living home health aide of some kind, or, or whatever it may be, or, or, or whatever the arrangement is. It's as if he divorced and then remarried her. It's not mamish like he divorced and remarried her. Uh, therefore, if she was with somebody else, she would not be chayav misa. But it's like it's as if she did She requires another get, as we will explain. as we'll explain um, in Perik Yud. Uh, believing the idea is that she's she requires to get Midrabonan because it resembles as if she was remarried. Um, 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 yeah, okay. Halacha Vav. So how do we know that, that there can be nothing nothing else needs to be done? There may be no other step that, that that's practically required after the writing between the writing and the giving in order for the get to be valid. It has to be you have to be able to as soon as you finish writing it, give it give it into her hand. Uh, uh, if there's anything else that has to happen in between any technical technical step that has to happen in between that that makes a problem for the get. How do we know that? Shemrit says, because of Anasan, he shall give, he shall write it, and then give it. Any situation where there's nothing lacking after the writing except giving, who I get kosher. What does that include? This includes a case where after writing it, you have to, you have to further cut, cut the uh, material on which the get is written in order to, to give it to her, or you choose to cut it in order to give it to her. Um, it doesn't, for example, exclude the need to walk, walk and give the get to her because she's far away, or, or send it to a shliach. The point is that is that the actual get cannot be given to her in this current state, um, at least the way you the way you would give it to her. Lefichah, therefore, for that I'm explaining. Because of get al kernapari, let's say you wrote a get on the horn of a cow. You give her the cow immediately afterwards. That's fine. If you cut the horn after writing it, and you gave her the horn, because as you gave it to her in the form of a horn, it was not fit to be given at, 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 at the time you wrote it. It would have it had, it had to be cut as you demonstrated it. So you could have given her the whole cow. That would have been fine. But you chose not to. So that cutting process that you demonstrated is necessary to give the get to her in her final form. That uh, makes it that it's not that it, that it is There is another action required between the writing and the giving. Therefore, the get is invalid. In a get, even if you write it on a piece of parchment and then afterwards cut it down to size to make it fit better in, in the case, or you want to put it into something, whatever it is, that could, even that could be a problem. If you write it on something attached to the ground, even though. The witnesses signed on it. Now, the Hilder Amam talk, talks about witnesses signing on it, something which he referenced briefly in Halacha Aleph in the uh, final final lines over there. Um, there's, a, there's a concept of, he told us number, a fact, um, item number eight in the list of ten, Halacha Aleph was giving it in front of Adim. And number ten, he mentioned, at the end, he mentioned the idea of signing, Adim signing. So we'll see exactly what types of Adim are involved over here. In any event, even though. Uh, whatever validity the signing of the Adim has on the get, or whatever necessity rather it is in this you know, circumstances, uh, circumstances uh, appropriate, as we'll explain. Even though that was done after Achash Tloshay, after it was separated, she so wrote it on, uh, let's say, a leaf attached to a, a, a tree or a branch of a tree. Then you cut the branch off, and then the Adim is signed. 
No, so you gave it to her, and again, again, it's not a get because of the uh, action, the necessary action between writing and giving. Zion. And now we will talk a bit more about this idea about what ha- about cutting the get between writing and giving and the problems it entails. Zion. You don't write the get when it's attached to the ground on whatever surface it may be, the branch of a tree, for example, or a large leaf. Even the typhus I get, even the um, the part of the get which is non-essential, if you will. And we'll explain what that means. If you write this non-essential part of the get while it's attached to the ground, separated it. Then you wrote the essential part of the get, which is called the teredif get. Um, uh, the main, the, the, the wrote afterwards the, the shame of the name of the man, the shame of the name of the woman, vazman, and the, the time and date, which mind you is rabbinic, but still still required. But and the, and the essential words which are you are permitted to every man. Some and the Adam signed, witnesses signed afterwards. Nelson, you gave it to her in the presence of witnesses. Hopefully, as we'll explain, as as as, as number eight, uh, item number eight of the ten requires. Kasha, the get is kasha because over here, even though you wrote parts of the get. While it was still attached, those parts are non-essential. So the essential part was written on, on the get after it was detached, and even though there were certain parts written while it was still attached, those parts are not considered essential. It does not prevent the get from being valid, although it's not ideal to do it in this fashion. Okay. There's a principle in Torah in general that a flower pot, even if it's sitting on the ground, let's say it's made of uh, plastic or um, something else, glass, um, or uh, metal, uh, is not considered part of the ground because it's it's not in the ground. Now, if there's a hole in the flower pot, uh, there's essentially a certain hole that's large enough to be considered large enough for a root to, to, to um, grow through an issue from the ground, um, that's considered like it is attached to the ground. So... If you wrote the get on the leaf of a plant, and that plant is in a, in a pot, in a potted, a potted plant, that that potted plant has a hole in the bottom. Now, uh, even though he gave her the entire plant after he didn't cut anything, he picked up the potted plant and he gave it to her, I get possible to get is invalid. Why is it getting valid if he gave her the entire plant? He did not separate it from the ground. And the answer is, since it has a hole, it is considered attached to the ground, and essentially as if it's as if he severed it from the ground between writing and giving it to her. I got puzzled, therefore the get is invalid. Why is it invalid? We're worried he's going to cut the leaf in a different scenario instead of giving the entire plant. Now, if we say the pot of plant is resting on the ground, then this is considered separating it from the ground. It should be biblically invalid. Not merely rabbinically invalid, as the word puzzle indicates, and the Ram explains this, because main next time you might cut the leaf. So that's why the Mepharshim over here, uh, want, the commenta- commentators want to explain that we're talking about a case where the flower pot is not resting directly on the ground. It's somewhat removed from the ground on some kind of surface, with some kind of space between it and the ground, either separated by an item or just by space in general, maybe some kind of stilts or something. That's why rabbinically it would be good because it's not considered attached to the ground. It's considered an independent item. You wrote the get on the leaf and you handed it to her. However, we're worried in a different scenario, you will... Um, uh, cut the leaf off and then give it to her, which would be a problem, just like in the case you cut the horn off the cow and give it to her. Okay, so if it's attached, if it's actually sitting on the ground, then you pick it up and give it to her, then it's biblically invalid. In this scenario, it's biblically invalid because of the reasons we explained.
Now, if he cut the leaf off and gave it to her, it'd be, it would be biblically invalid as well. So here, it's only only possible to have on them because it's not attached because it's not sitting on the ground, and you gave her the entire thing. However, writing it on the the uh, pottery of the flower pan, the flower pot, excuse me, and giving that to her, that's not considered problematic. We're not worried you're going to you know cut the cut the flower pot in half and give it to her because it's common to cut leaves and uh, from from a plant, leaving the plant intact. I presume this is the explanation. Whereas it's not so common to cut flower pots in half. So if you're going to say it's a problem because maybe you're going to cut off that piece of shard and hand her that piece of shard which would be a problem just like cutting off the horn of a cow, then any get of any type you could say is a problem because whatever you write it on, you can always cut off a little piece and give it the rest, and that creates a problem. So over here, it's just because of the common scenario of cutting off the leaf that creates the concern. Test. How do we know that he has to give it to her, moving back to our list of items over here of 10 items, that he has to give it to her in the context of for the purpose of Gershon? Right? It can't just be he gives her like you know a bunch of a bunch of items and says, here, these are yours, and among them is a get, and she doesn't know, and, and that's considered a divorce. That would not that would not count. So, um, the Pasuk says, save her cruises, a bill of divorce, and the other gives it into her hand. Meaning the giving is with the content of the safer. She eat in loise betera safer cruises, she gives it to her as a safer cruises. So it's, it's a safer cruises to Nelson Miyoda. It's a bill of severance that he gives her. In that, in 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 the context of how it happens, in the awareness. If he gives her and says, "This is a bill of a bill of uh, it's a document that says I owe you money," <clears throat> or he says it's a mezuzah, and and it's yours, and he gives it to her for that purpose, and she acquires it. Unless he gives it to her and she's completely sleeping, she doesn't know what's going on. She wakes up; it's in, in, in her hand. That's not considered a get. That last case is um, is uh, you know interesting. Where she doesn't even know she's receiving anything. That's certainly not good. If afterwards he tells her, "This is this is your get." So, um, and this last line of the Rambam presumably applies to all the circumstances in the halacha. So, so this is the get is valid because since now she has it. And she knows why she has it. That uh, that would count, even though at the time of giving it to her, it wasn't it wasn't it wasn't uh, it wasn't um, given for that purpose. But uh, uh, because she did get it, legit, legit, legitimately acquired it, and now now and now is now has it and is informed what it is, that fulfills the idea of safer Christmas for us and giving it to her in that awareness. Um, as, as we'll see, or, or the witnesses know the purpose of the giving. So either she knows, the witnesses knows, or they both know. Uh, either or is is sufficient. Um, what's, what's, what's basically the important thing is that um, the woman takes an active role in receiving the get, even if she's not completely aware of, of what it is. As long as either, either she becomes aware later, or the witnesses know. As we've seen, you. Amalei tells the witnesses, "Behold, I'm giving her the, the, the get. Be witnesses. I'm giving it to her." Here, the Rambam makes the reference to the idea of giving it to her in front of witnesses, as is required, <coughs> which we'll talk about more in Lachiy Gimel. <coughs> but the point over here is, is that the witnesses know why he's giving it, and even though she doesn't, he tells her. So the first statement was made where she couldn't hear; she was uh, out of her earshot. 
But then he tells her, take this bill of, uh, this, this uh, contract of obligation, some kind of some kind of monetary contract, kosher, to get his kosher. Even though she didn't know, we said in the test that she has to know what's happening. She informs the witnesses that he gave it to her in the form of a get. So even though he didn't say, he, he, as, she, as she takes it, she thinks it's a star. The moment she gets it, the witnesses observe, and they know they know that it's the purpose of a get. The get is finalized. She is divorced because he, the, the witnesses know why she got a possession. Even though he he said it here, take this bill, this contract. You might think that's him retracting and changing his mind. The answer is no. He's not changing his mind in terms of not wanting to divorce her. He's not trying to get out of it. He's embarrassed to, to face her and and and, and to say goodbye. So we don't say the get you know, nullifies his intention. Um, so Allah attests, when he gave us to the get, the moment he places it in her hand, she's not divorced. Afterwards, he has to say to her, or perhaps to witnesses, Harez a get, this is a get. Then she becomes divorced. Um, over here, the moment he gives it to her, she's divorced, even though she was not aware because the witnesses knew. Yudalif. So as long as the time it gets given to her, she or the witnesses or both know, that's sufficient. Uh, you don't, but you don't need both, really. Yudalif. As, so the Ram clarifies this now. When the person divorces, he must tell her when he gives her the get, or or afterwards, as we said in the end of halacha test, um, or to the witnesses, presumably. This is your get. This is, it is your get. Or any other terminology like that. If he gives into her hand and says nothing, if he doesn't, uh, if he doesn't say anything, so the get is puzzle. Uh, and it's invalid. You know, as Allah attests, when he gives it to her and he says, it's a mezuzah or... or uh, sorry, excuse me, I apologize. If he gives it to her, he doesn't say anything. He doesn't say, it's a shtar he doesn't say, it's a mezuzah, and she's not sleeping. He just hands it to her. At that moment, um, the get is... Well, the, uh, so the get is not effective until he says, it is your get. Now, the question is, how is a get puzzle can be understood that it's invalid in Midarabonon. It's valid matter that biblically it's a get because he gave it to her, and then the Chachamim said it's not considered valid and she can't use it to get remarried until he says afterwards. That's a simple understanding of the Rambam. Uh, it could also be understood that the Rambam is actually means that it's possible matter um, completely, but uh, okay. Presumably, the wording of Rambam means it's possible midrabbanon. It's rabbinically invalid until he says there is a get. There is a gitich. is true. So the difference is, you know, as in terms of it's if it's valid, you know, We'll see. You know, in this case, for example, if you understand the Rambam to mean that's possible midrabbanon, but biblically it's valid. That it means it means she's divorced biblically. She can never marry a kain ever again. Uh, if she goes and she spends the night with somebody else, you cannot execute her. You know, it's, it's also not, not mamzerim, at least not biblical mamzerim. But the Chachamim forbade her to use the get to get remarried until she the husband says Harizagitech. But Medvaramun, when is it when is this true that he has to make that statement they were not having a conversation about divorce? If they're talking about the divorce process and they're, they're in the Bezdin or they're doing the process of divorce, if not Lagat Nasambiyade, he takes again places in her hand. He says nothing. Because it, since it's clear from the context of the conversation, the purpose of giving it, is to get cautious. It's a valid get because then it's clear, save a criticism and law, like the Pasuk says, why he's giving it to her. She understands what's happening. And 
it's being given in that context, and therefore he doesn't have to say anything. It's, it's basically it's it's as if he said it before, which is sufficient. You'd base get your munach al if the get is on the ground. But Amali tells her to get the take your get from the, from the ground, and tears unetolatu, and she takes it. If it was tied to his hand or to his, on his thigh, like on his pouch, and she extracts it from him, she takes it, even he tells her after she takes it, this is your get, it's not valid, he must give it into her hand, she can't take it, excuse me, she may not take it from him, he has to give it to her, in this scenario, he didn't give it to her, nor did his emissary give it to her, right, he, he let her take it, that's not legitimate, even when he, if he sticks out, if he holds the get, and he sticks out his hand, and she takes it from his hand, that's considered taking it. That's why the customary fashion is where the, she puts her hand out um, and he holds his hand above hers, releases the get and drops it into her hand. If, however, he bends his body to, towards her or he turns his hand towards her to enable her to take it from him, which it, as he's doing that, she takes it from him and he tells her, this is, behold, this is your get. Um... Why the Ram has to add that last statement is interesting because it appears that he has to, in this context, you know, uh, let's say they were having a conversation before. So one second. In that scenario, it's good, even though he didn't hand it to her, but since he made a bodily movement to allow her to take it from him, and apparently uh, equally necessary over here because of, because of context, is to verbalize, this is your get to make sure that his bodily movement is understood correctly as giving her as of Nasmiyada, then her is a get. Um, so even for example, if it was a situation where they were having a clear conversation about the about the get, they were in bed and discussing it and he and he moved his thigh towards her so she could take it from him, because over here he's not doing the standard v- v- actions of Nasmiyada, he has to verbalize the um, uh, in order for the get to be kosher. Whereas, uh, whereas uh, if he was handing it into her hand after a conversation about Gittin, he wouldn't have to add the word Hareza Gittich. So this is this Hareza Gittich at the end of Allah Yud Beis is a different requirement as the Hareza Gittich of Allah Yud Aleph. Yud Gimel. Okay. How do we know the get must be given in front of Aden? That was number 8 of 10, right? And the Ramam is not going to bring a source from the Psukim of Gittin as he did for the other uh, other items on the list of 10 things in Allah Aleph. Here the says, "Hey, because the pasuk says, 'Apishnayim Edim Mashayishim Yakum This has nothing to do with Gittin. This is a different parasha. This is a Torah talking about generally that matters have to be verified by witnesses. Has to be verified by two kosher witnesses. The pasuk says Oishleisha or three, and there's a reason why it adds that. That's not important right now, but there's a concept that everything in Torah has to be validated by two kosher witnesses. It's impossible to say that today this woman is considered an erva, forbidden woman, all, all, all men except her husband, of course. Ba'abala, Mrs. Bez, and whoever has relations with her is going to be executed in court. But the next day, and the next day she's, for, she's permitted, and whoever is with her is not going to be not going to be prosecuted without witnesses. That's impossible. It's, how do you how, how could you make that transition without valid witnesses? The fiqh, therefore, the has nothing to do with the halachas of get per se, at least on this basic level. So therefore, um, 
therefore, because it's a general consummate terror, that a transition like that of making her quali- making her status from a married woman with whom anybody who, they, who she lives is liable to death penalty to anybody who she she lives with is not liable to death penalty, for example, that has to absolutely absolutely be done by a verified by verified witnesses. Therefore, it's a given that the get must be given in front of witnesses. Therefore, he must not get now if he gives the get in private. Even with one witness, and they get cloud, they get his void. Now, when it comes to, for example, money transactions, witnesses are there to clarify what transpired, right? Therefore, if you give somebody a loan, um, they owe you the money, even though no one's around, they, and they must return it. Now, you may not be able to prove it. <clears throat> witnesses are always a good idea. But the, 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 the transaction, giving a gift, receiving a gift, the sale, lending, lending, all these things, um, excuse me, uh, are. Uh, are valid without witnesses. Witnesses are there to prove the point. Over here we're saying because it's impossible. But over here we're saying because it's impossible to make this status change from married woman to unmarried woman without proof of witnesses. Therefore, if he does it in private, the get is not valid. Not just not valid in the sense that we're not going to let her get remarried because who says you got divorced? We had no idea. We have no idea. Maybe. You know, maybe the get was written and it wasn't given correctly, even though the woman's holding it, whatever it may be. Uh, uh, besides for that, it essentially is disqualified because in, in this in this understanding, the, 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 the requirement for two witnesses to make this transition creates the reality of the divorce. So it's not just the two witnesses tell you that the get, the, the, the divorce transpired. They are adekium. They are witnesses who make it effective. So... Um, uh, even if the husband, so the husband gives gives it to her in private, even in front of one witness, that one witness can't say, "Well, I know the truth. I was there. I saw the husband give the woman the get." So even though no one else uh, might be convinced of it, I'm convinced of it. So I'm going to marry this woman. And go to a different place where the, nobody knows she was previously married, and I'm not sinning because I know the woman got the get. I was there. That's not true. That's not correct. The fact there were not two witnesses present at the time means the get. The, the divorce did not transpire. It's, it was. It's not effective. Okay, that's the basic understanding over here. You doubt, and the truth is more to the, on, on the topic, and this is not a, a Gemara share. You doubt. But one is just true. get safer. Okay, so let's get more into this. When the get was written by 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 uh, by, by uh, the scribe, for example, rather than the husband, he was a third party. A scribe wrote the wrote up the divorce, the proper formula. On the husband's instruction, obviously, and consent, um, and uh, that's all the scribe did. It was right to get. He wasn't. He didn't sign it. All he did was write it. Avim kasev get If the husband write the get in his own handwriting, the and one witness signs it. and he gave the get to her. get Then in this case, the get is disqualified. It's not legitimate, but nonetheless, a place the kuna, it is considered a divorce in the sense that it disqualifies her from ever marrying a kayin who a kayin may not marry a divorcee. So what the Ramam is seemingly saying over here, there's different ways of it. Simple wording of the Ramam is how you guys get puzzled, that it's, the word puzzle usually means it's, as opposed to the word bottle, the word puzzle means it's disqualified rabbinically. That, you know, biblically, it is a valid get. But rabbinically, it's disqualified. She's disqualified. But since biblically, she's the, the get is good, then she she's placed in the kohen. She may not marry a kohen because biblically, she received a divorce. Now, uh, even though that's the simple wording of the Rambam, 
it's 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 easier to understand the Rambam a little differently to make it more consistent with the Rambam, with what the Rambam says in the rest of this context to understand how easy get puzzled that the get is invalid biblically that it's a, biblically it's an invalid get. Um, but the, but rabbinically we consider it to be a divorce in the sense that she can no longer marry a queen when she gets remarried one day hopefully. Uh, not that she's that she, that she uh, um, actually got divorced. And the Chamim essentially just look at the scenario and say that it's the, that, that even though the Torah says the get is completely useless because there was no witnesses uh, there when, she, when, it, when it was given, because witnesses signed in the get, in the sense that there's one witness who signed and the husband wrote it in his own handwriting, and that's considered as if he, he's he's the you know individual uh, uh, who, who wrote it, which is tantamount to signing it. So therefore, the Chamim said, well, in that case, we're going we're to forbid her from ever marrying a Kayan. So when a, when a person writes a contract in his own handwriting, says, I owe you money, even though, even though, even though uh, there's no witnesses signed on it, that's as if the person who's ob- obligating himself signed it. Over here, and, and if, a, if one, witness, one witness signs that contract, it's considered like two witnesses signed it, because you have the person who wrote it in his own handwriting, which we can verify that it's his handwriting. You have one witness who actually signed it that may be considered a contract in various contexts that is considered as if it has two witnesses in the contract. Over here, by the get, we do something similar by treating the husband's handwriting as one, as, as an individual, as a witness, so to speak, who confesses to divorcing her, if you will. And the one witness, uh, in addition to him, makes that two witnesses. Now, since when does witnesses signing a get is that, since when is that? Is that do anything? After all, Zeraman told us number item number eight of the ten was he must give it to her in front of witnesses. So in general, in the Torah, there's a, two witnesses obviously who saw something can testify to its its the, the event. But there's also a concept of witnesses giving testimony in writing. That's the idea of a contract where the you know the, the contract is written that you know we the undersigned were there when we saw Ruvain borrow from Shimon hundred dollars, and they, they sign it. That's considered like a written testimony. Uh, we'll see Benigaya get as well. There's a concept of written testimony, and that's where the Ramam is coming in over here with the idea of the Adam signing the get. Okay, it's a Chum instituted a, a, a uh, practice that witnesses should sign the get. Um, why did they, it, it, they, they institute that? Apparently, this became a common problem. We're worried that basically the he'll give her the get in front of two people, which so it's a vowed divorce. He moves it, but then later those people, those people will die, or they travel overseas. Now the the divorce she has in her hands is as good as a piece of shard. Why should anybody that the, there's no witnesses? So she's going to come to Besdin with this get. She's going to say I was divorced. You can say we're the witnesses who, who who happened in front of in order to prove the validity because after all the facts she has in her hand. May not be considered good good enough uh, proof because it could be that the husband gave it to her without witnesses. Could be she found it, you know. So we we need, we need witnesses to verify that she is no longer a married woman, as we said. That yesterday whoever lived with her was Chayef Misa. Today the person is not Chayef Misa, so we need witnesses. But there's no witnesses. Therefore, they instituted that the witnesses should testify, or two witnesses should write into, in, in the get testimony and signing it as validity to the fact that it was given. Um, uh, in the proper fashion. Now, before this institution, if somebody chose to you know, be smart about, and, and have this idea and have two witnesses sign in the get, 
it presumably also would, would serve the same purpose, but it wasn't a common practice. The Chacham came along and instituted that should be universal practice. Even the witnesses are signed inside of it on the get, and therefore uh, it serves that purpose, as we just said. You still give the get to her in front of two witnesses who observe it. It's not sufficient just to have the signatures. Whether it's the same two witnesses who are signing the get or the ones who observe it, or to other people. Why is that? If Why is this is the signature of the witnesses in the contract which makes it that basically as valid as they are saying as they saw what happened? Because the primary divorce happens through the witnesses who, visual, who visualize, who observe, who witness the handing over. Uh, so that's the primary way the divorce is supposed to take place. Right? That's the primary way that effectuates the get. It's just the Chum Institute, the, the, the signing and the get, as a way to to testify that the get, in fact, happened in the proper fashion. Now, what then would happen if he gave the get to her without witnesses observing? Only had was a signature. What if he two witnesses signed the get? Then he went and he gave it to her without um, two people, two witnesses observing it, the, the transfer. What would happen, for example, if they, they signed the get, and he did give it to her in front of witnesses, but then it turns out those witnesses are not valid because they're relative, related to him or her, or, or we find out that, that that they that they are not uh, a Shabbos observant. In that case, the get is kosher. Why? Since the witnesses are signed, are kosher. And she has a get in her hand. Uh, therefore, that is observed. The get is valid by virtue of that fact. The fact that she has it, it has two valid witnesses. Even though somebody, you know, someone will uh, say that, the, or if there's, a, it's been found out that the two witnesses were not valid. The signature of the two witnesses in the star that serves as, as as good as a purpose as two witnesses who observe it. Even though those two witnesses actually might not be present when they give the, the get, but but uh, since it was given, it does have two kosher witnesses signed in it. The Alam understands that that gives it the same validity as two witnesses who observed it. Now the Ramam finishes off. Some of the Goinim say that it's not, not that it's not valid in that scenario, because since uh, you know, they, they say they get is void, since they say that the, the they say that the two witnesses must see what's happening in order to make it effective, and that was wasn't wasn't the case over here, or there were two witnesses who were invalid. But again, the Ramam's understanding is that the signing of the get um, that itself does, does the same. Uh, effect as two witnesses observing it, but again, the Rambam does give acknowledgement to the opinion that says that it's puzzle, uh, because again, it's uh, it's a very uh, uh, ambiguous scenario as to as to what validity, how 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 how, how far can you take this to, uh, for lack of a better word, replace the observing witnesses with the signing witnesses? Now, even though you don't have to sign a get. Although now it's been institutionalized, and we do. But even though essentially it doesn't have to happen, if the witnesses who did sign were invalid witnesses, they were relatives, they were not Shabbos observant. Even if just one of them was invalid, he gave it to her in front of two perfectly kosher witnesses. 
By having a witness assigned in it who's not a kosher witness, that disqualifies it, makes it as if it's as if it's a, essentially a, a forged. So even though if you didn't have any witnesses, it would not be such a big problem in terms of the get being valid, by choosing to have someone sign who's not valid, that creates a problem. Yudches. However, if you have the witnesses signed in the ways that the signature is problematic because of the, 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 it doesn't validate it the way we want it, that's not as bad as having an, uh, an invalid witness, as we'll see. If you have two witnesses who are signed more than the space of two lines in the bottom of the end of the wording of the of the contract, or the this case the end of the get, puzzle it's puzzle it's invalid because in general we don't want the witnesses signed. And the reason why it's invalid is because if people write contracts and they have the witnesses signed in a fashion that there's two lines of empty space between the end of the contract and the witnesses, you start writing all sorts of things. And that creates problems that, you know, you know, and adding that this guy owes money or who knows whatever it is. Therefore, when it comes to all contracts, the Chum instituted that if it's signed in this problematic fashion, we invalidate it to prevent this from being a common occurrence. It may be very true that this nothing happened over here, but we don't want this to be a common practice. So it comes to get as well. We apply that rule. And if we postulate it, because if you have... Uh, if you have two lines of space, people, he could add something or write something that is not true. Therefore, possibly, therefore, it's invalid. And possible over here proves moving rabbinically invalid. So, how far should the witnesses be from the end of the writing? Because they should shoot in less than the space of two lines. And that, how do you determine exactly what's defined as the size of a line? You know, back then there was no line paper. Um, that can be discussed in the laws of uh, contracts in Safer, um, I believe, or Kenyan. Um, it should be that the witnesses are read along with the contract in one context. When does this, you say it's disqualified? When she has the get, she wants to get remarried, she proves to the court she's divorced. And we look at the contract, this get, we see it has a space of two lines, and we are going to. Uh, be quite uh, unhappy about that. There's no witnesses who saw the get happen. And therefore, we cannot use the two witnesses um, signed on it to validate the divorce because it was signed in, in, in the correct fashion. However, if the, she, it was given in front of witnesses and those witnesses are able to testify in front of us, they saw the get being transferred. Even though those same witnesses who signed it, or, or different witnesses who signed it, are very far from the from the uh, uh, end of the get, they're much more than two lines away. They can't be something read along with it. Or and for that matter, even if there's no witnesses on it, it's a kosher. As we said, the get is kosher. The primary divorce is effectuated with the witnesses who observe the transfer of the get from the man to the woman. And therefore, we here, despite the fact that there's that there's, that, that there's not a, a good signature, if you will, that does not invalidate the get. Again, when there's a signature that's problematic because it's a possible aid, that makes it essentially forged, uh, problematic from within. Over here, you're not; it's not problematic from within. It's just it's not the requisite ideal style of uh, having a signature of a witness, and that will in, uh, make the witness make the signatures of the witnesses irrelevant. Essentially, it makes it like a contract, like a get, excuse me, which does not have witnesses. In which case, the is: if you have the witnesses who observe the transfer, the edim 
they could testify that they saw what they saw, that she got to get from the husband, and she is divorced. The witnesses before whom you give the get, they must first read its content and then give it to her. If he gives it in front of them without them reading it beforehand, uh, he first gives it to her in front of the witnesses and they did not read it, then after she gets it, they should take it and read it just to validate that they know for sure there was a get that was given and that makes their testimony more solid. If they read it while it's in the possession of the husband or his agent, and then they give it back to him, then he takes it back Nasla gives it to her, then they should read it again to make sure that what she got was a get, in fact. Uh, so this way, if in five years from now they testify that uh, we saw her get divorced, and the Bezin asks, did you read the get? And they say yes, and then and they ask, what happened afterwards? Well, we gave it back to the husband, he gave it to her. Bezin has to be worried, maybe he switched it while he was he, he got it. Uh, and to, therefore, to ensure the testimony is solid, they should uh, either, either, either they should uh, uh, read it um, beforehand, and he gives it to her right away. Um, or they should read it after she gets it. Chaf. If they didn't read it, after they gave it back to the husband, they didn't read it, and they can't read it now. The woman took it, and after we validated she was divorced, she said okay, and then she took it into the fire in the ocean. Then we can assume that the get is valid. So as a safeguard, they should read it, but if it's impossible, she's still considered divorced. Since they read it before, they gave it to him. Since they read the get, and then even though afterwards they gave it back to him, and instead of giving it to her right away, he took it into his possession and gave it to her. So he had it in his possession for some time before, at least long, long enough to switch it before giving it to her. Nonetheless, in we're not worried that he switched it. Unless of reason to. Not only that, even if the husband says, if the husband later says, Haha, by the way, I switched the get, she's not believed to disqualify her, she's divorced. Uh, now, if he's a famous magician who's an expert at, you know, at sleight hand, that'd be an interesting question, I don't know. If they did not read the divorce, the get, and the get was given in front of them. And uh, they're told it's a get, and they're, they're trusting that. But they, again, don't know for sure that's the case. They can't testify as such. And then after she got it, she threw it into the ocean, the river, and the fire, even the husband says, get it was a valid get. She's, she's divorced out of doubt, um, because we're uncertain if it was, you know, the, the, the witnesses cannot be certain that it was a get. To testify about something, you have to be certain. If he throws to get to her into her domain, to her courtyard, so to speak, which is which is valid, but it lands among the barrels, and the witnesses see as such. Now, then when it comes to go retrieve the get, they find a different document, a mezuzah or a contract. That we, we don't we don't consider her to be divorced. We, he threw one piece of parchment. We find one piece of parchment. That piece of parchment is a mezuzah, and we can be certain that she's. That we can be confident she's not divorced. The husband obviously is playing a trick. Now it's possible that she threw through her get, and that the get was somehow you know uh, uh, got lost or dragged away by mice, and then and the, 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 there was a mezuzah there beforehand. But it, that's that's highly unlikely. 
There's no reason to suspect as such. But him to Shem Shtaim Basholish Mezuzis if you find two or three documents there that are not a get, like the three Mezuzis or contracts or a combination of of, of, of different contracts, so now we know for sure that there were contracts here that are not gitten beforehand. And but we saw him throw something. So here, Cheshin Shem Aget Zarek of Geruach Baran Varhei Safagresh. In this case, we do have to be concerned that it was a get that Maish dragged it away. And therefore, the status of, the, of her divorce is doubtful. We don't say that she's definitely not divorced. We say she's divorced out of doubt because it's possible he, he did throw something um, and that was that was dragged away. Um, so because of this, these additional things, we have to worry that there was a get, there was a get that now is no longer, no longer visible. Chav Gimel. The witnesses who sign on the documents. This is as far as the Adam who observed the get. Now moving over to the witnesses who sign on the get. Those witnesses have to be uh, able to read the get and sign. If they have to be left, they have to be literate. If they don't know how to read, then we read in front of them. Then they can sign on that. It's a, it's okay if the, uh, the 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 husband or the safer reads them the content of the get. They have to know the language the get is written in. So it's not that he's that they're, that they're translating it; they're reading it exactly as it's written. If they don't have a sign, then you make some kind of um, uh, uh, marking with uh, some kind of liquid, saliva, for example, on the paper. It has to be something which it's. Uh, it doesn't doesn't leave a permanent mark because if it leaves a permanent mark, and they're writing over it, uh, you know, to sign their names, then it's considered writing on top of a of other writing, which is problematic. The first marking was made by some random person, not a witness, and then the witnesses are signing on top of that. That's not considered legitimate signatures. So it has to be it has, it must be something which does not leave a permanent mark. The hang case elevation, they write over that that marking so they can write their names. Vein or, or, or other opinions say to make a stencil, like an outline, is more preferable. This is not something that's accepted with other contracts. It's specifically something which we are lenient about regarding divorce contracts. To prevent the possibility of Jewish women being agunes, which means bound to their husbands and unable to remarry. So they're not married nor divorced. They're just... Uh, Unable to be, be remarried because the husband, uh, you know, didn't have witnesses sign it. We couldn't have witnesses. We couldn't find literate witnesses, and the husband skipped town or passed, or, or you know, left uh, on an overseas trip, and then we never heard from him again. Now the woman cannot be remarried. So to prevent that, that's why this is permitted. Since in general the requirement to sign is only in biblical nature, as we said, and the get is being obviously transferred in front of witnesses over here, that's why it's okay. To do the signature in this fashion, if necessary. Even though the signature of witnesses on the get is still instituted that the witness should sign their names clearly. Instead of writing, for example, I sign as a witness and then using the handwriting to verify who it is or hoping they can step forward and verify their own handwriting, when it comes to a get, that may be okay with other contracts. When it comes to a get, specifically, we require it to be a spe- uh, the, the name specified, so and so, the son of so and so. Another institution regarding the get is that the two witnesses must sign in front of each other. It's not okay to have one sign 
uh, here and one sign over there, and the two witnesses did not see the other signature. So when you when a, when a, you bring a get to a, a witness to sign, if there's already a signature there, he should not sign. Both people have to sign. The first one should sign while the second one sees him. The second one signs while the first one stays around to see that. The reason for that is because the, there's um, um, if this person tells a group of let's say for example ten witnesses that you should all uh, sign on this get then uh, I want you all to be signed this get, then as a matter of stipulation for the get to be valid, they all have to sign the, on the get. And if one of them does not sign, let's say nine of them sign, the get is invalid, not because there's no valid witnesses, but because the stipulation involved and various stipulations work, one such stipulation could be to have 10 people sign it. So you see, so, so if, if you would let the witnesses sign without observing each other, Maybe we're going to have this guy who says to 10 people, I want you all to sign this get. Two of them are going to sign, but the other other ones are not going to sign. And then we the the um, the two people who signed, let's say, without the other eight people present, uh, instead of going to find them and have them sign as well, they're across the street, they're down the, they're down the hall, they're on the other side of town, it's too difficult. The woman might take the get, go to Besden, present the get with two signatures, looks fine to them, and they'll have to get remarried without being aware that the stipulation of having the other eight people sign wasn't fulfilled. So to prevent that scenario in general, even if it's a regular case of two witnesses who are signing, standardly, uh, the husband did not say that uh, as a requirement that you multiple people have to sign. So as a safeguard principle, we say that no matter what, the witnesses must always sign uh, being observed by each other. So therefore, in this case, with the it says, it says, it says 10 people uh, that you all must sign this get, each one of them will stick around to watch, make sure the other one signed, and then we'll never have a scenario where uh, where the, all 10 did not sign. In a, any scenario that's in a case where there's two witnesses, and the two witnesses, one signed uh, without the other observing, as a get puzzle, we disqualify the get again to prevent this scenario. The Chum also instituted that the get, um, uh, again, so we finished the 10 things we enumerated in Halacha Aleph that are required on a get. So the two things the Chum instituted that they should have, that the witnesses, witnesses should sign the get, and that it should, be, it should have a uh, time and date, or a, a time frame of some kind, as we'll see. The Chum instituted that they should write the time of the get to Makkah Psikvasi and its location. Kshashtorish as is, is, is with any contract. Why? Shemitish to Mikrava say we're concerned about a scenario where the woman would be his relative. This is Natashiktahtav, then she will commit adultery while she's married. But because she's his relative, his brother's child, for example, or a cousin, and he feels bad for the family, he's gonna write a bill of divorce after she's accused of adultery, give it to her, and then when she's best and wants to execute her or declare her children mamzerim, so she's going to produce the get and say, well, you know, I was already divorced, and there's no date on the get, and we don't know when it was given. She's claiming it was given before she committed adultery. There's no, no, there's no time. She could say, I was divorced prior to the adultery. Therefore, they instituted to write a date, a time in the shtar. In fact, the Gemara in your, uh, the Yerushalmi apparently says that such a scenario actually transpired where someone tried to fool the Bez in that way. If a get has witnesses, but there's no time, they didn't write the date and the, 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 uh, the time. 
or for that matter, if the get was predated, let's say he gave the get in Adar, but he wrote the date in Tishrei. Or he gave the get in Tishrei, or the date in Adar. Or is written in that day, and it says the date of that day, let's say Aleph Nisan. But then when it came time to sign, it was ready after nightfall, and therefore was really Beis Nisan. Even though they were, they were busy the entire time and trying to get, make the get happen and there were technicalities and until they finally transferred the get from the husband to the wife or the shliach founder, for example, it was ready later, the next day, halachically. They wrote the location in Yerushalayim and instead they wrote, the get was given in Yerushalayim and they wrote the location incorrectly. All these situations, it's disqualified. The get is puzzled rabbinically until you are accurate in the in the in the time, rather than writing a false time, and the location. Now we'll see that in writing a uh, inexact date is not the same as writing a false date. A false date means it's written it's written very clearly at a certain time and it happened clearly before that time. Or after that time, that's a problem. Now, if you write the get uh, without a date, we obviously understand the problem. As we said, the woman could produce it and prove she was try to prove she was divorced before she committed adultery. If it's written in Adar and, and, and let's say and the husband writes that there was Tishrei, again the same problem because if she if she committed adultery in Cheshvan or Kislev, she'll produce the get and say, hey, I was already divorced. What is the problem, however, if the husband writes the get the get let's say later, let's say he gives her a get in Tishrei and he writes the date in Adar. Well, that's a few problems. Um, uh, um, one problem is, for example, that the husband who writes the, the this get that he's divorced with in wife in other may, you know, use her property and benefit from it, and she's going to say, "Hey, you're a thief. You divorced me in Tishrei, and then for the past five months you've been using my." My property and benefiting from the produce, and I want you to pay for it. And he's going to he's going to say, look at the date in the get. It says Adar, right? I didn't divorce you until Adar, and get 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 out of having to pay for it. That's uh, one of the concerns. Um. Okay. What if he cut out the date from the get and gave it to her afterwards? Um. In other words, you cut it out like a like a hole in the get, which would, I guess be a little, a little different than cutting off a piece of the get, like cutting off the horn of the cow, as we said in the beginning of the parak. Let's say, for example, he um, he didn't write the exact day. The first or second week of this month, or he just wrote the month. We just wrote the month in the year without specifying the day of the week or the date. Of the month, I'd be trying to play. He wrote just the year. He mentioned the month. Even if he wrote just the which which seven year cycle of Shemitah it is a very very general ambiguous date. Kasher it's kasher. Now again, needless to say, you could have the same concern regarding him writing regarding, regarding let's say the woman commits adultery and he writes her get and he writes, he writes the the year. Uh, she could have you know uh, she could say I was divorced already before it happened six months ago. Again, but again, it's kosher. We don't institute to disqualify it unless it's written as a clearly uh, uh, false date, not just an imprecise date. If it says today I divorced, or kosher again is kosher, because that implies this day when it gets being released. So again, it's not a false date. Today is the day that you know he's assuming that it's going to be looked at best in that day. 
that's not considered a false date. So writing today, even as ambiguous and as imprecise as it is, does not disqualify the get. Another institution the Chum made, simply, and this has nothing to do with the Lachas of Git, this is just really um, for the purposes of, uh, in general, when it comes to contracts, to to uh, uh, have good government relations, that in the get, they should write the, um, the the year of the get based on the year of the uh, kingship, kingdom, uh, royalty of that, uh, the monarchy of that that, that time and location. Shum Shalmalchus, for the purposes of having good relationship with the government. This was originally instituted, I believe, with uh, Alexander the Great. When he came to Shalim, he wanted a um, statue of himself in the base of Migdash, and the Chacham told him, no can do. However, to pay homage to his uh, insatiable ego, uh, the Chacham said that every child born that year, every every boy, every Kayan boy, or perhaps every boy in general, will be named Alexander, which is how Alexander became a Jewish name, and they will use his uh, king, kingdom, or the years of his royal, his, his, his monarchy as a way of dating all kinds of contracts. If instead of using the um, government at that time and place to date the get, he used a different uh, different government, an old government. Let's say in times of Alexander the Great, they would have written, let's say, from the Persian Empire. Or the Binyan bias, or they use from, from the, the dates when the structure based on Migdash, or the Churban bias, uh, the date from the building of the base of Migdash, or if it's, it's destruction, uh, or any other uh, fashion of writing, which year it is. If that's a common practice among the locale, it's a kosher, it gets kosher. If that is not the standard custom, just this one person did it that way, then it is a puzzle, it is unacceptable. The custom among Jewish people has already come, when it comes to writing the year of the of the get, either use the year of creation, from the years since creation, or the Malchus and Alexandres Maikdon, the the kingdom of Alexander of Macedonia, which is called the Minyanistaris, the standard dating for accounting of contracts. If the person uses whatever, uh, you know, uh, in Tamsa for example, writing a get in his locale, based on, in, in Egypt, based on the amount of uh, uh, years since the rulership of, uh, of uh, you know, Saladin, the, uh, uh, the Caliph Saladin, that would, here's a kasha, it would be kasha. Chavches. Harim person says to two people, write and sign and give a get to my wife. Excuse me. And uh, the matter got delayed some days or even years. What do they do? They write the time and date of when they were given the instruction or the time and date when the get actually happens? The answer is you write the time and date when the get actually happens. Or, for example, someone tried to give a get to his wife, but then the agency, they did it right away, but then there was a problem with the get and they had to give her a new get sometime later. Kamesh Shizbaraz will explain different examples. Um, then they write the time and date of when the get is actually being written. Time and location, excuse me. Not the time and location of when the husband gave the instruction. Kate said, for example, if it was in Tishrei in Yerushalayim when the husband gave the instructions to divorce his wife. And then the matter got delayed and eventually it transpired that they actually gave the get to her. In the month of Nisan, and they're in Lud. Uh, they write the time and location of the get as the month of Nisan in, in the city of Lud, where the get's actually being written, as would be the halacha in any contract or document.